Open your Bible, if you will, to the book of Proverbs in chapter 22. As you find your place, I would invite you to stand as we read the first eight verses of Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22, and we'll read the first eight verses. I say congratulations to the parents of our young people, to the grandparents, family, and special friends. There's always an aunt, an uncle, or several that are very special in families. Congratulations to uh, all of you on behalf of the graduation and completion of high school of these uh, young people. And then I want to say thank you to those who have invested in their lives. You have taught them in Sunday school. You've spent time with them on trips. You've served as a chaperone on a mission trip, or you've taught and trained in soul winning. You've taken time to kneel and say their names in prayer. Thank you for your investment. Our text verse is verse number six where the Bible says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it. I do not believe this is as much of spiritual instruction as it is the instruction of character. Spiritual is decided by every child if they're going to serve God or not. And tonight I give not only five important or five major factors in the proper rearing and training of a Christian child, but I say to the young people, you now make the decision if you're going to have character, which in my opinion the best definition of character is parenting yourself. I want you to follow along as I read all eight verses of the instruction given in Proverbs 22. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold. The rich and poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the froward. He that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. He that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity, and the rod of his anger shall fail. I call your attention to Ephesians chapter 6. If you'll turn your Bibles there and follow along as I read the first four verses of Ephesians chapter 6, where the Bible says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I believe there are five things that these parents of these young people have chose, chosen and used in their life for the proper rearing and training of their children to this place. Tonight I challenge you to make the decision to parent yourself or to decide I'm going to have the character 
to follow these five major things in my life from this time forward. Heavenly Father, as we take just a few minutes to challenge not only parents of young children, but these graduates who have parents, family members that love them so much that they have given to them what is necessary and needed for them to have a prosperous and a happy life in your will. I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would direct my thoughts and my words this evening. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. Five major factors in the proper training and rearing of a child. First of all, we must have the right text. Are you with me tonight? We must have the right text. This, this book is the guidelines and is the guardrails for our life. The Bible says in Psalm 119, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and it is a light unto my path. Your parents have desired to lead you, guide you, and direct you according to the word of God. But they'll not always be there, in fact, less now as you move forward into your college years. I want to challenge you to make this book the center point of your life. You must have the proper text. There is never a time that the Bible is not important. It is important as we uh, have our children, we bring them home from the hospital. As we begin to rear them through their infant and toddler years, as they begin to memorize scripture, as they realize that there is a God in heaven that gave them life to live and a heart within them to beat, to give them life, and then later to learn not only he is the giver of life, he is the giver of eternal life. It is not just parents or preachers that recommend the Bible. Our forefathers of this great nation recognized the importance of the Word of God to, are you listening to me, the United States of America. John Adams said, the Bible contains the most profound philosophy, the most perfect morality, and the most refined policy that ever was conceived upon the earth. If you hear any philosophy contrary to the Bible, stay with the Bible. If you hear any ideas, ideals that are contrary to the Word of God, stay with the Word of God. If you hear any policy that is different than what you've learned and what you continue to read in the Bible, stay with the Word of God. John Quincy Adams said of the Bible, he said, the Bible is of all books in the world that which contributes most to make men good, wise, and happy. Elias Budino, who was a writer and a newspaper editor, in the days when the media recognized the importance of you and I receiving not only news, but the foundation of truth rather than a broken or a misleading and misguiding philosophy of life. He said, were you to ask me to recommend the most valuable book in the world, I should fix on the Bible as the most instructive both to the wise and to the ignorant. I say tonight, let the Bible continue to be the text that you follow. 
John Jay said, let us therefore persevere steadfastly in distributing the scriptures far and near and without note or comment. We are assured that they are profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Those were days in America that we did not attempt to take God from our history and from our life. In those days, they were distributing the Bible and making sure everyone had a copy, not only to own, but to read. I challenge you, let the Bible be your guide. Thomas Jefferson, who studied the doctrines of several religions, including that of Islam, and he is often misrepresented in his understanding of Islam, he did not read the Koran to follow its doctrine. He read the Koran to understand what caused the behavior of those people. This is what, Tom, uh, this is what uh, Thomas Jefferson uh, said uh, about the Bible. The doctrines of Jesus are simple and tend all to the happiness of man. Had the doctrines of Jesus been preached always, as pure as they came from his own lips, the whole civilized world would now have been Christian. Benjamin Rush, a signer of the Declaration of Independence, said, the Bible contains more truths than any other book in the whole world. John Adams said about the Bible, the most important text, the most important book, and when the days of college come and the challenges of reading and the challenges of study come, don't you lay this book aside as if it's not important. This is the book that will shine the light on your path. This is the book that will keep you from a danger and harm. This is the book that you need to read from every day. John Adams said, suppose a nation in some distant region should take the Bible for their own law book and every member should regulate his conduct by the precepts there exhibited, every member would be obliged in conscience to temperance, frugality, and industry, to justice, kindness, and charity toward his fellow men, and to piety, love, and reverence toward Almighty God. What a utopia, what a paradise would this region be if everyone not only read the Bible, but let it guide and guard their lives. Hey, let me preach just a minute. You think I'm just quoting some quotes just to say something to you at graduation? Let me tell you something. You follow the philosophy in this world, and I'm going to tell you, your life is going to be wrecked and ruined. But if you'll obey what the Bible says, I'm not talking about quotes. I'm not talking about just good things to challenge on a graduation. I'm saying if you'll take that Bible from the book of Genesis and the time when the Bible says that God is our creator to the end time in the book of Revelation and let it be your guide, let it be your guard, you'll then find joy and happiness and fulfillment in life. Not only do you read, need the right text, you need the right teachers. The right teachers. Your parents have worked for you to have the best of teachers. The first teachers that you had were mom and dad. They not only taught you in word, they set an example for you indeed. 
They took you to Sunday school and introduced you to teachers that would teach you further the Word of God. They placed you in a school where academic teachers not only taught you from the textbooks that they used, but taught you as an example for their, from their own lives for you to follow. Your challenge now is to stay away from the wrong guide and keep the right teachers the right influence in your life. I'm thankful for a dad and mom that taught me the word of God, taught me to love God, taught me to love his word. I'm thankful for the Sunday school classes that I went through. I'll never forget my seventh grade Sunday school teacher that had a tremendous spiritual impact in my life. He told the stories of serving as a foot soldier in the jungles of Vietnam. And as he told about being a soldier in Vietnam, he took the book of Ephesians in chapter 6 and taught, and taught us about the importance of putting on the whole armor of God as we face the devil in this world. I took it serious. I took it literal. And I began as a seventh grade boy because of a Sunday school teacher to take serious putting on daily the armor of God. I'm thankful for my teachers and coaches in my life that made a difference. One of the men that is referred to as one of the greatest, if not the greatest coaches in all of history in American sports referred to himself not as a coach, but as a teacher. I admire the life and the work of Coach John Wooden. John Wooden was given as an eighth grade graduation present a three by five card from his father. Not a toy, not a gift, a three by five card. On one side was written a poem by a pastor by the name of Henry Van Dyke. And this is what the poem said as his father gave John Wooden a gift graduating from the eighth grade he gave to his brothers as well. Here's what the poem said. Four things a man must learn to do if he would make his life more true. To think without confusion clearly, to love his fellow man sincerely, to act from honest motives purely, and to trust in God and heaven securely. On the other side, there were seven things that he recommended that his son John would do. No one has coached more national titles than John Wooden. And he kept those seven statements as philosophies for the rest of his life. A coach, an influence, a teacher. You see, now you must choose your influences. You must choose your teachers. John Wooden carried and taught everyone that came under his influence seven things. Number one, be true to yourself. Number two, always help others. Number three, make each day your masterpiece. Every day is important. Drink deeply from good books, especially this book. Number five, make friendship a fine art. Don't be concerned as to who your friends are. Be concerned with who you're a friend to. Build a shelter against a rainy day. Pray for guidance. 
and count and give thanks for your blessings every day. Teachers. Teachers. First of all, the right text. Second of all, the right teachers. I move quickly. Tuition. Your parents have chosen not only to pay tuition for you to get a quality Christian education, they've invested a lot of money for you to receive the right text with the right teachers to know the truth for your life. And may I say, the Bible says, buy the truth and sell it not. Opinions are given 24-7. I'm not interested in opinion that is supported of my selfish opinion. I desire to know truth. And sometimes you have to work and you have to pay a price for truth. Tuition. Tuition. Always invest in knowing the truth. I move quickly. Number four, time. Your parents have given you time. They've spent time with you. In fact, of all the things that they have given to you, they've given to you nothing more valuable than that of time. How will you spend your time? The devil's after your time. He would like to take your time with entertainment and internet and all the things that are out there after your mind just to keep it numb and to keep it neutral. You need to search for truth. You need to spend time in truth and with the Word of God. One of my favorite stories and a very moving story was the biography of a judge that was a very successful and a very well-known judge. He was extremely busy and he tried some of the most high-profile cases in the nation. His son would ask him, Dad, can we go fishing? Son, I don't have time. I'm a busy man. I have much to do. My life and every day is important. Dad, would you take me fishing? One day, the judge said, I'm going to take this day and I'm going to spend the day with you fishing. This was discovered when they were writing the biography of this judge and they went back to read the diaries. They read the diary of the judge and when they came to that day, it had a simple entry in his diary. It simply said, day wasted. Spent the day fishing with my son. Wondering what the son thought about the day as his life had come to an end, they searched his diary. And his diary on the same date said, The greatest day of my life, I spent the whole day with Dad fishing. Can I tell you something? Your parents have sacrificed to spend time with you. They love you, and the, and the, and the, and the greatest form of love is to spend time with you. Think about how you spend your time. I finish with this. You must learn to endure testing. Paul said to young Timothy, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. James wrote, the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting or lacking nothing. Your parents are not quitters. Your parents have endured testing and trial to be sure that you can have a quality Christian education of truth. And I challenge you to decide tonight to follow in the footstep of your parents and those that you admire. Don't be a quitter in life. 
Life is not always easy. In fact, it is most of the time not easy and it becomes more difficult. But I'll tell you this. If you study the text of Proverbs 22 and the verses that we read, those that are willing to endure testing and trial are those that receive the reward. I say to you tonight, church, Christian, child of God, you'll never accomplish anything in life being a quitter. We must endure temptation. I ask you to stand with me tonight, everyone standing. I've spoken basically to our graduates and their families, but the truth is these are five things that all of us must have in our life. It's not good enough for you if your family read the right text, the Word of God today. You need to drink from it and drink from it daily. The right teachers, tuition, be willing to pay for the truth. I want to know what's right. To endure the testing, the hardships, and to spend time in the right places. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here tonight and you've never received Christ as your Savior tonight, you ought to decide, I'm trusting Christ as my Savior this evening. Perhaps the Holy Spirit of God has been dealing with you about this matter of knowing Him as personal Savior. You've put it off and you've put it off tonight. When He sings the invitation song, you ought to make your way from your seat to the front. Let an altar worker take the Bible and show you I can know for sure that heaven is your home. And I say to you tonight, somewhere between your chair and this altar, everybody ought to decide. Those five things are not just for teenagers. Those five things are for grandparents in every age between. Heavenly Father, help us tonight, I pray. In our invitation time, Lord, speak to our hearts about these things. Lord, folks that are struggling in life, they're struggling because they don't follow the simple examples that are given in the Word of God. And they'll go through life trying to prove there's a better way and a happier way. How foolish when you've given us the truth and the Word of God. May we follow it. Our heart's desires is for these young people to know the greatest joy and happiness in your will that they can know. Bless them, I pray. Bless their invitation in Jesus' name. Amen.